And who the fuck do you think is going to pay for that drink, motherfucker? Oh, oh, you think because I ordered that motherfucking drink and I drank that pity drink that you think I'm going to pay for it, bitch? Uh-uh, I didn't order that fucking drink, even though you're saying I'm ordering that drink. Uh-uh, uh-uh, bitch, I ain't using my hard-earned EBT dollars to pay for this motherfucking drink. Oh, oh, you expect me to pay for my food? That food was motherfucking shit, bitch. Why the fuck you think I'm going to pay for that fucking food? Mm-mm, I ain't fucking using my EBT stamps, my EBT food stamps to fucking pay for that drink, you motherfucking bitch. Fucking hated my food. Yeah, I did eat all that motherfucking chicken. I did eat all that motherfucking chicken. But I ain't using my, I am a strong independent woman. I'm a motherfucking strong, independent woman. And you're in here telling me that I got to use my welfare to pay for that fucking mixed drink and this fucking fried chicken. No, motherfucker, I ain't doing that. Fuck you. You fucking bitch. You know what? You, you a bad waitress. You a motherfucking bad waitress. Yeah, I did order that chicken. But I didn't like it, and I didn't like that drink, and I don't think I should have fucking paid for it, motherfucker. What's everybody looking at? Don't you fucking look at me like that, motherfucker. I'll fucking claw those eyes out with these motherfucking fingernails. Don't you fucking look at me, bitch-ass motherfucker. You, 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 I ain't the one. I ain't the motherfucking one. You don't want to fuck, you don't want to fucking mess with this bad bitch. This is the baddest bitch in Kmart. You don't want to fuck around. Oh, did I just get some new fucking fingernails from Claire's? Yes, I did, motherfucker. I got me a new weave and everything. Now, fucking claw you out. But I ain't fucking paying for this fucking chicken at Champions Chicken in Sheffield, Alabama. No, 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 motherfucker. Fuck you, bitch. So, I just wanted to give you a little sample. <laughs> this is Biscuits Buttered with Victoria Vandenberg. Uh, it's a weekly podcast. We try to do it every Sunday. Uh, you can hit us up on social media, media at uh, Facebook, uh, the Biscuits Buttered profile. Uh, we're on Twitter, Biscuit Pod, and we're on Podvine. And uh, you can also uh, hit us up at uh, Biscuits Buttered at Proton.me, which I have not checked in a long time. But I just wanted to give you all a little sample of what I had to fucking listen to last night that's not me being racist that's not me joking around that fucking happened so here i am i'm at fucking champy's chicken and i all i want to do you know i fucking love champy's it's like a cool kind of like uh kind of like a juke joint dive bar type of place and they've got really good chicken they got really good fish uh they got really good uh strawberry cake i mean they got so much just if you want to go and get diabetes go to champy's chicken i fucking love it um if you want to have to check your blood sugar regularly eat champy's chicken every day well these motherfuckers a huge table a huge table um hold on just a minute let me write this down sorry Somebody's, I hate that I'm always interrupted on this podcast. Well, anyway, let me get back to it. So there's a huge table sitting next to me and my father. We fucking, 
you know, were like, yeah, we're going to go and enjoy Champies. I could not enjoy Champies because there was a really, and I, did, look, don't think that this is a racist uh, rant because it's not, okay? There's plenty of white girls that talk like that too. So we could be talking, I'm not even going to tell you whether there's a black or white family because there's plenty of white girls that talk like that too. But here's the thing. Huge table of people. They've been there two fucking hours. They were there before we were there, and then they were there after we left. They're wasting everybody's time. They're wasting the waitress's time. They're running her to death, and they're treating her like shit. They're telling her how bad their food is, and then they're fucking refusing to pay after they've done drank a bunch of beer and mixed drinks and fucking food, and they're being a bitch to our waitress, and she can't even serve us because they're... They're having to worry about this fucking table of fucking vagrants uh, bitching about their food and not wanting to pay for it. And I hate it, and I, I hate to use this term, but it's a term that I've used before, and I will use it again. Ghetto-tude. It's attitude and ghetto all the same time. And that's what they were doing. I like I, It just triggers me. I cannot deal was someone coming in and going into a bonics and going into a rant and uh, getting all ghetto and, and thug on you. And, and by the way, this is not a black thing. Plenty of white people that act this way too. And it just annoys me. So it's like, it triggers me. I'm like, I cannot deal with this. It's so fucking annoying. It's like, get some fucking class, people. All I want to do is eat some fucking chicken. It's sad. I'm in a fucking chicken restaurant. I'm in a chicken. There's literally pictures of Elvis on the wall. That's how, and Billy D. Williams. There's pictures of Billy D. Williams and Elvis on the wall. I'm the classiest motherfucker in the joint. And uh, I'm having to listen to this bitch who's like threatening to fight her family members, bitching out people at the table, uh, bitching out the waitress, complaining about everything. She drank every drink she got. She ate everything on that fucking table and she was refusing to fucking pay. It's fucking insane. And it, it drives me crazy. And I just wanted to give y'all a sample at the first of the show of what I had to deal with when I went to Champy's Chicken. <laughs> I couldn't even enjoy my meal because I had to hear this bitch whine and bitch the whole time she's there and be super rude to this poor waitress that's just trying to get by. Um, and that's just a sad fact. And I know y'all think I make up a lot of this stuff. And sometimes I do make up shit. But I like to you know, take my experiences from my real world life and talk about them on the podcast. And that's just one of them that uh, I was uh, rudely, rudely interrupted last night while trying to eat some chicken livers for Christ's sakes. Uh, but, and then, if it's not them, you have all these fucking cowboys at the bar that pretend cowboys. They're not real cowboys. For some reason, I don't know what it is about a Friday or Saturday night, you're going to have every shit kicker in Alabama hopping their fucking Ford they're Ford F-150. I don't know why anybody would buy Ford. They're like the worst vehicles ever. They fucking break. I don't, I don't get Ford F-150 people. But anyway, besides that, you know, they hop in their Ford F-150, their lifted F-150, 
They go to Tractor Supply. They buy them a pair of cowboy boots. They buy them a cowboy hat. And they go out to the juke joint. <laughs> and they fucking sit at the bar. And they talk fucking politics. And how crazy about how crazy Kamala Harris is. And fucking how disconnected Biden is. Which, you know, I... You know, I can't really argue with them, but, you know, you know, they are, you know, Kamala and Biden are shitty. So uh, this is the one time in my life where I'm like, I can't argue with the right anymore. Because it's like, you know, you were kind of being an asshole about, you know, a lot of stuff back in the day and currently, you know, that I don't agree with. And I would never consider myself a right winger. But... You know, Biden's shitty. I'd like to see him go. You're right. I'll agree with you on that. But anyway, I don't want to fucking hear it because all I want to do is enjoy some fucking chicken. That's all I want to do. All I want to do is eat some fucking chicken. And all you want to do is talk about MAGA politics and stupid bullshit. Oh, wait, fuck it. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. You know what that means, right? <laughs> oh, man. It, it's fucking so ridiculous. And it, it's, um, I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired of fucking hearing it. And then you have like, you know, if it's not that, you know, you have so many different types of people. You have like really ghetto people, which can be white, black, Asian, whatever. And then you have like white trash, the guys wearing the cowboy hats. And then you have like ultra like, you know, uh, stuck up kind of um, stick up their ass people who go to church every Sunday and Wednesday and they'll come into the juke joint and go, oh, I hope nobody, I can't sit next to the bar. People would think I was drinking. Just make sure no one thinks I'm drinking. For Christ's sakes, that would be horrible. You know, there's so many different characters in Champies. And then you got some people like, I want to sit outside and fucking drink my massas. And do you have any vegan options? You have those fuckers that show up and sit out on the patio. And it's like, there's so many different people there. And they're all stereotypes. And then there's just me and my party. And we're just like normal people that like, we just want to eat. We're just fat fucks. And we just want to eat. We have no agenda. We have no agenda. <laughs> we just we just want to eat. All right, so it's been a um, it's been a, a crazy week. This is biscuits butter with Victoria Vandenberg. I've already told you to hit up the social medias. Please do. Um, and so I just watched uh, the new episode of Tim Dillon. Uh, apparently there's a lot of stuff going on in Austin, Texas. Actually, a local comedian, um, um, a local comedian named Brent Reed actually just moved to Austin because there's so much going on there with uh, stand-up comedy. And uh, Joe Rogan just opened up a, a new comedy club called uh, The Comedy Mothership, which looks like a fucking amazing club. And he had Roseanne, and he had... Uh, fucking Alex Jones and he had Tim Dillon and he had all these uh, really cool people on there and um, I uh, hope one day to visit Austin I hope to have uh, a fun day uh, there 
when I go. So if you hadn't, um, if you haven't looked it up, check it out. But I want to get to this because Tim Dillon recorded his show this week on uh, Alex Jones's set. I think this is one of the worst podcasts he's ever done. Um, and it's like, you know, Alex Jones. Am I doing the voice right? Alex Jones. And he's on there like, you know, trying to downplay uh, his involvement in January 6th and all this stuff. And he's like, I was just wanting to eat a fucking breakfast scrambler and fuck my wife. She was like, well, well let's not even go to January 6th. Just, just fucking, I'll give you a blowjob if you don't go to fucking January 6th. But I just fucking said, oh, we gotta go. We gotta fucking go. Ah, I'm Alex fucking Jones. Ah. And, you know, basically they talk about everything from COVID to January 6th to, to, to everything under the sun, really. And it looked like Tim wasn't enjoying it very much. But I just wanted to say that it was kind of fucking crazy sitting there seeing him like, well, they never play the clip of me saying not to go to the fucking Capitol. The, they turn the fucking frogs gay. I turn the fucking frogs gay, you know, and he's on there like trying to like downplay everything. But like, well, I told people not to go to January 6th. I thought it was a false flag. I thought the CIA was involved with it and all this stuff, which it does turn out. It looks like the CIA. I don't know what it is about the CIA being involved in everything. <laughs> this is really troublesome because, uh, or the CIA and the FBI and everything. Uh, it's really kind of crazy, you know, Every time something major happens, it seems like the CIA is somewhere there and involved. But it, it, it's a fucking crazy episode. Go watch it because he really tries to dump it. It's like, well, you're the one that kind of feeds all these conspiracy theories. And don't get me wrong. When I look into some of these conspiracy theories, there are really disturbing things. But then, you know, a lot of people like draw like conclusions, you know, people like, oh, this is what happened, you know, after they see the facts. And I don't know. It's just like if you look at into CIA and Kennedy, there's a lot of disturbing things that are true when you look into those conspiracy theories, when you look into, you know, with the uh, Gretchen Carlson or, or Gretchen, that's not her name, is it? The Michigan governor, governor that, you know, was supposedly there was a kidnapping plot against her. There's a lot of disturbing things about that where. A lot of the people were uh, FBI agents. And then you have January 6th where it looks like the FBI had a lot of provocateurs and people like that. So uh, with all the stuff that, you know, with all the like the Tucker Carlson clips that he was uh, showing the other day with with like, oh, look. And I guess we can get into this. OK, so Tucker Carlson uh, released videos that show and by the way all these videos were available uh, they showed all this shit on cnn and fox news and msnbc this is nothing new they're trying to like make it out like oh there's this new video that the democrats were hiding and it shows the capitol police opening up doors for the rioters well yeah yeah that's called a diversion tactic <laughs> you know like when i watch it i'm like you know, I sat there, I remember January 6th, because I was glued to my fucking television. And I remember they breached the doors 
And you had a lot of officers that were like crushed. And uh, I can't even remember how many officers ended up dying either that day or later. And, but you had senators and congressmen and staff that were still in the building when a lot of these rioters were in there. So what do you do when you have them? They've breached the, the doors. They're in the building. They've come through the windows. What do you do when they're in the building and you know there's more coming? You know, just because there's a few in the building now, you, you know, common sense tells you more coming. I mean, there's nothing really you can do. You're outnumbered. You're outnumbered, and you know, by the way, that Pence and all these other uh, congressmen and senators are just down the hall. What do you do? You you create a distraction. What what would be a good distraction? Why not open up the door to the Senate chambers? It's this big shiny object, and so when they go through those doors, and the police officer seems like, oh, we'll just be nice because we're we're outnumbered. There's nothing. We do. There's no reason to fight. We're outnumbered. We can create a diversion to allow senators and other people to escape, and we could open up the door of the Senate chambers, and they can go, you know, fuck around. And they did. They, they, they knew that they wouldn't be able to resist that shiny object of them walking in to the Senate chambers. And, you know, you see the guy that's dressed in, like, the Viking helmet and all the, um, you know, the, the what, what there's a name for him. I forget what, exactly. The um, QAnon shaman. Yeah, the QAnon shaman goes in there and starts playing around. It, it exactly worked because they were good officers that did their jobs right. And they, they used common sense in the moment. And now I feel like there's this narrative being spun by the right and even, you know, I hear it on Joe Rogan, I hear it on Tim Dillon, I'm hearing it on Alex Jones. Uh, I think it's, you know, I hate to be, Victoria hates to be the one to say this. I think it's irresponsible. I watch, I listen to all these podcasts, and um, I listen to all these podcasts because I like to hear what the right's saying, and I like to hear what the left's saying. And I, I, I don't. You know, I don't think Joe Rogan's a bad guy. Nah, I don't know about Tim Dillon. <laughs> but, but to me, it's kind of like completely irresponsible to not at least challenge that more. And it's just completely like misrepresenting, I think, what happened that day. Because I was glued to the television that whole fucking day. I already knew that they had been letting in doors for people. So it's completely disingenuous to say that that's something new. And that uh, there's something nefarious about it. So I hope that um, Joe Rogan and other people kind of wake up and realize that they're being kind of naive to listen to these right wingers go, oh, look what it is. You know, and, and yeah, during the committee hearings, the Democrats were probably selective with the videos they showed, right? Without a doubt. But then Tucker Carlson was extremely selective with the way he showed it on Fox News. But without a doubt, that day, you had Trump riling up a crowd, which he had riled up for months. You had him rile up a crowd. You had others rile up a crowd. They went to the Capitol. They broke in. And you might have even had FBI agents. I don't know. It doesn't fucking matter. You had idiots that fucking broke in and fucking tore shit up, shit on Pelosi's desk, all this stuff, 
and now there's like this, it's like there's two narratives constantly trying to fight back and forth to take control of the narrative. And this new narrative that, you know, oh, it was the FBI provoking them into going in and tearing up the Senate and doing all this stuff. And then, you know, the footage was, oh, they didn't show the peaceful footage. Like, there was no peaceful footage. You know, you had police officers reacting in the moment, making common sense judgments about what was going on that day. And to say otherwise is just bullshit, right? It's just complete bullshit. And that's a, a rare serious moment by Victoria Vandenberg. <laughs> but I just thought I had to address that because um, uh, it's, just, it's just kind of insane. Um, so... Uh, I started listening. There's so much coming out of Austin. So I started listening to um, Kill Tony this week and started uh, just, you know, going back and looking. In. They had Roseanne on her, on uh, on his podcast this week. And it's a pretty fun show where they have like bad stand-up comics come on, do a short set, and then real stand-up comics shit on them and tell them how to get better. Well, Roseanne Barr's on there, and I think, you know, and she's one that's kind of went a little right-wingish the past couple of years. It's weird. She's, I think, you know, as far as, her politics is weird. I I don't quite understand it. It doesn't really make sense anymore. Um, But, you know, she's old. Her brain doesn't work anymore. That's all. But she is funny. And she is an interesting person, and I love seeing her on Kill Tony. Uh, if you hadn't uh, uh, ever listened to that podcast, it would be a good one to tune into. Uh, basically, they had this one comedian that came on and was like hitting on Roseanne, and you know, talking about how Tony Hinchcliffe is gay, which he is really gay, right? It's not just me, right? Tony, Hinch, there's no way that guy's straight. Like he has the traditional, like old timey swish lisp homosexual vibe uh i could see him in like 1950s new york wearing a red tie walking around uh the fucking stone wall looking to you know suck some cock that's how i picture tony hinchcliffe so it's just weird that he has a wife and uh, uh apparently tries to keep up the appearance of being a heterosexual which um I just don't believe. I'm sorry. I just don't believe. And this black guy was making fun of him for being gay. And I'm like, yeah, he's kind of, he's gay, right? He's fucking gay. Why is he trying to mask it with his wife, his beard? (laughs) It's just kind of crazy. I guess that's enough about Kill Tony. I just thought it was a cool episode because you, you get to see Roseanne. I never get to see Roseanne. Apparently she's got a new stand-up act, which was on Fox News of all things. That's kind of weird. Uh, but I would um, love to see it. Um, so last night I watched a movie. A movie. A motherfucking movie called Another Round, and apparently they're trying to remake this movie called Another Round uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't understand why you would remake something. It's in another language, and it's got Mad Mickelson in it, and it's a really, really entertaining movie. 
but I, I don't get like Leonardo DiCaprio just seems like he controls like everything that's made nowadays. Don't know what that's about. But anyway, he's trying to make a fucking trying to make a remake of it. And Mad Mickelson does not want that to happen. Well, anyway, this movie is about um, a teacher who's kind of lost his way. And uh, he just, he's kind of dead inside, you know. He has a marriage that sucks. His wife's cheating. Well, his wife, spoilers, his wife's cheating on him. Uh, His kids don't like him. His class doesn't like him. Um you know, when it starts out, his class is like, well, I'm not making good grades, and we think it's your fault because you're a shitty teacher. And he's like, fuck, I can't believe they're blaming me for being a shitty teacher. Well, one of his friends, you know, they, they his friends, they take him out to dinner one night, and they're like, hey, man, what, what the fuck is going on with you? You know, and they get drunk, and they have a conversation, and, you know, they, they try to get to like, hey, what 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 exactly is going on here? Like, why are you so dead inside? And so his friend's like, hey, I read this. I read this study that every person is 0.5 alcohol content deficient. So you should at all times during the day have a 0.5 blood alcohol level all day long. And that that would make up for everything and make you feel good. You'd be better at your job, everything. And it goes through like all the great people, Hunter S. Thompson, Churchill, uh, Yeltsin, all these people that, you know, over the years uh, were famous drinkers and how good they performed because they were drinking. Now, you know, uh, Hitchens, people like that. Well, so they're like, well, we're going to do this. We're going to start drinking every single day during the day while we're at work and we're going to turn it into a scientific paper and we're going to uh, record the results. So Mad Mickelson starts drinking. He actually sees improvements in his everyday uh, job at work. He's cheerier. He's connecting with the students more. He's being, he's surprising the students more. They're actually enjoying going to class. Uh, all the other teachers seem to be, uh, doing better as well. They they start performing better at work, having a better time. Well, it kind of spirals out of control because they're like, well, we're going to, you know, drink more, you know. And then they eventually decide to, like, really go out there and um, and basically just drink to, like, exhaustion. And that's where it goes bad. So um, – one of them actually ends up becoming an alcoholic and losing his job because he's just overdone it, right? And it's a very sad movie. It's kind of a bittersweet movie. You know, there's there's good things from it. Um, I think it's a movie about life. And, you know, just it's basically people just trying to get through life, which aren't we all? Aren't we all just trying to get through life? And uh, that's what I loved about the movie. And uh, any any there are so many like good Mad Mads Mickelson movies that no one ever you know even talks about, and that's one of them. And I think he won an award for it, but I'm not quite sure on that. So <laughs> you might have to to fact check me on it. Um, there's another movie that a comedian uh, and I forget which podcast this was on. 
uh, a comedian by the name of Duncan Trussell. Uh, Duncan Trussell says there's a movie called Butt Boy. You heard it right. The movie is called Butt Boy. Well, I attempted to watch this movie. There, there's some movies that you start and you just go, eh, eh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because he's like, oh, this is a fucking great movie. This is like the most comedic genius movie ever. You know, he's like really selling it, really plugging this movie. Uh, plugging butt boy. Um, so I tried to watch it and it's basically a movie about a guy who starts shoving shit in his ass. All right. So he goes around and I don't know what starts it. Cause at first the movie goes to the doctor and the doctor's like checking his prostate. And I don't know whether that's what starts it. He just yearns to have stuff up his ass. And so People just, like, he'll just go out in public and things will start disappearing, like the dog, people in the neighborhood, all this stuff, and all this stuff is in his ass. It's in his motherfucking ass. And I don't know. I I, I watched, like, I don't even know if I got 30 minutes in of it. And I was just like, I don't know. This really ain't really my deal. You know, like I, I, it's not laugh out loud funny. It's kind of like, like who the fuck came up with this and how did they uh, get money for it? <laughs> like the movie's literally about a guy shoving stuff up his ass. Now, how he got that woman up his ass, I'll never know. So uh, that's something uh, maybe in the future we'll find out. So if, if you hadn't watched Butt Boy, maybe the audience, maybe the audience listening here today should watch it and tell me if it's worth a goddamn. Okay. Uh, so I did, and I don't know if I talked about this one on the last podcast. I've watched a couple of comedy specials. I watched La- Lavelle Crawford. Uh, he did a special in New Orleans. He looked stunning. Came out just fucking bedazzled, bedazzled in gold and diamonds, and he looked great. The slim, he was probably a slim four hundred fucking pounds. Probably, you know, probably doesn't have to take as much metformin. You know, he's he's in shape. He's it's the best shape I've ever seen Lavelle Crawford in. He was killing it, and he came out. And I, one thing that's weird about Lavelle Crawford, you know, uh, he was on Breaking Bad. He was, I think, Huel on Breaking Bad, and uh, he's done so much good stand-up comedy over the years, and I actually missed him when he came to, to town here. Um, but this, his stand-up style, I cannot, like, if, if he tells a joke, right, I can't retell it and it'd be funny because he has such a weird way of telling, like, most of his jokes are funny because of the way he talks and the way he tells them, right? So, it's and I'll try to retell a joke that he told on um, on on the stand-up special, and it's fucking hilarious. And I guess it comes down to the time, and it's fucking hilarious when he tells it. But when I retell it to you, you're gonna go, "That fucking sounds horrible." Let me attempt to retell this joke. Man, 
I don't know why I'm doing it. That's not how he talks at all. Man, that's downtown New Orleans, man, motherfucker. I was walking around downtown New Orleans, looking around. All kinds of motherfucking homeless people everywhere. I never seen so many goddamn homeless people my whole motherfucking life. Looking around just fucking tent cities, just fucking streets full of fucking homeless people like fucking Skid Row, motherfucker. And I look over there and I see a woman. And I see another woman. And I ain't innocent. I'm like, how the fuck you gonna be a homeless woman? How the fuck you gonna be a woman and be homeless? I didn't even know a fucking vagina could break. That motherfucking vagina's broke. It certainly is, because she should be in the home of the man. Now, that's not exactly how he told it, and that's not exactly his voice, and that was pretty racist, what I just did. But you just have to know that the man is brilliant the way he tells a joke. All right? That's what I love about his comedy is he's he's just like you cannot mimic him. He's just it's brilliant the way he does stuff and how he rolls it out and talks about it. And I tried to retell that to Birch Chill and he's like, That sounds like a horrible joke. <laughs> and I guess the reason it, you know, the reasoning behind it is what made it funny to me is that is that women you know, have vaginas, so they should never be broke. They should always have someone that will, you know, come in and rescue them because men want vagina. I don't know. I don't fucking know. This is not the most intellectual conversation. But that's what you get here at the Biscuits Buttered Podcast with Victoria Vandenberg. You get horrible conversations about horrible bullshit. And that's all I'm going to say about it, right? So it was a great, it was a great stand-up special. He was in New Orleans. I think he's from St. Louis, um, and he looked stunning. He had uh, one of the most amazing uh, outfits on. I'm like, where? What fucking tent factory do they go to fucking make his clothes? And it's like he's got sapphires and diamonds and all kinds of. He's like even more star-studded than like Cat Williams or somebody. I mean, he's like decked out. Like a motherfucker. Got this nice leather coat and all this shit. I mean he was he was looking good. As a just as a fat person to another fat person. He was looking good that night, I have to say. I was very impressed. Uh, and I hope to see more from him. And I actually hope he acts more. I want to see him in more uh, movies and shows and televisions because he's he was so good on breaking bad and I know he's gonna continue being fucking amazing as he always is. Because he's Lavelle Crawford. So I uh, also listened to the new, uh, or wa- listened, watched. I laid eyeballs on it. I watched the new Chris Rock special. Um, actually, I, th- I think I think I still got thirty minutes to go on that. I don't think I finished it. But you know, the only reason I watched it is because there was a. Oh my God. He talks about Will Smith and the slap. The slap heard around the world, ladies and gentlemen. The slap that everyone, you know, at last year's Oscars, Will Smith got mad over an alopecia joke and walked up and slapped Chris Rock. And Chris Rock's, for some reason, Chris Rock didn't talk about it in the moment. He waited. 
So now he's talking about it in the stand-up special, I guess, to sell it, <laughs> to make some money off of getting slapped. And uh, one thing that really surprised me about uh, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock is how many people supported the slap and how many people thought that it was perfectly okay to go up there and slap Chris Rock. And I just, you know, I don't sympathize with this at all. Like, like when you see, uh, and I forget the guy's name, but there's so many people just thought, yeah, totally deserved it. There's so many people that justified this day. I'm like, that's, that's fucked up. You, you can't just go around slapping and hurting people. I mean, that's pretty fucked up. And look, Chris Rock's an asshole. I've heard Chris Rock talk so much shit about other people. I think a lot of his opinions are shit. Uh, I mean, we could talk all day. Like, you know, he used to shit on Conan a lot. And I'm like, Conan O'Brien had one of the funniest shows. I mean, I was raised on that show. I fucking love that show. I love the skits and the comedy they did on that show. And I value that way more. And I value Chris Rock's comedy. And then... Um, you know, you, you've had him say a lot of weird things over the years. Like, he's got a very kind of black and white view of the world. And, you know, like one day I seen him in an interview and he talks shit about everybody because he's like, he's kind of a narcissist, Chris Rock. Um, I remember he was talking shit about his neighbor who was uh, a fucking dentist. And he was like, all that motherfucker had to do was be white to live in the neighborhood and I'm one of the best selling comedians in the world and all this stuff. And, and all he had to do is be white and be a dentist to live next to me. And I'm just like, dude, you don't like, does he really think that white people don't struggle? I mean, yeah, they're rich white people. They're rich black people. They're, you know, like just his weird simplistic view of the world. Cause this wasn't him joking. This was him like, really being serious and i'm like damn dude like you don't know that what happened with that dude for him to get to where he got you know like he probably has a successful business you know what the fuck like you know that guy's probably worked really hard too you know and or he, he might have been born rich i don't know but then all at the same time there's kind of this element of you know rich people just or white people just have it so easy white people just have it so easy and i'm like Come to Alabama, come to Mississippi, go to fucking Appalachia, go up to West Virginia, uh, go to Ohio, you know, go to pretty much any other state than California. Just get away from the coasts, get away from the East Coast and the West Coast, away from where all the rich fucks live, and go out to Middle America or the South, and you'll find out pretty quick that there are a lot of downtrodden poor people that don't want to hear that bullshit. I just... It's something that really, we've really got to get away from these very simplistic conversations about race. And I tell people, I like to always have the conversation. It's really about class. And, and look, it's about class and wealth and social status and uh, even geography. There's so many things that go into it, right? And I just, I hate these. And that's not to say that there wasn't, you know, redlining and all this stuff that disenfranchised African American. Obviously, there was. There was a lot of things that disenfranchised African American people. But all at the same time, I think it's best viewed through a prism of 
uh, class and wealth and socioeconomic status because same shit's happening to white people. (laughs) You know, like corporate America comes in, says, fuck you, you're going to do what we say, and if you don't, we're going to move the jobs overseas. That's what happens every single time. I can't believe I... I'm always, you can tell, I'm always like, somehow I always end up ranting about um, the economy and working class people. (laughs) I'm just going to rename this show, The Working Man's Friend. Okay, so anyway, uh, let's get to the actual, uh, let's get to where we actually talk about this stand-up special. Um, So this stand-up special, Chris Rock, he is an asshole. He didn't deserve to get hit. Will Will Smith should not have hit him. Uh, and I think it's shitty that so many people think it's okay to hit him and justify hitting him. And a lot of people weren't even shocked by it, which was weird. And you could tell, like, everybody was like, huh? Why aren't they? Okay, whatever. But but all the same time, Chris Rock is an asshole. Um, you know, it's, he's got weird opinions. You know, it's kind of like um, Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick's got really bizarre opinions and I just, and it's always like soaked in like these very simplistic, idiotic ways of looking at race, you know, like he'll, he'll, uh, you know, it's just like lately, I think there's been something in the news about his bitching about his, a white adoptive parents being racist. And it's like, motherfucker, those people adopted you and took care of you. Have some fucking respect. God damn, you know, like this is one thing that I really, it kind of like bothers me when I get older because I used to be this whiny little bitch when I was younger. That everything was my parents' fault. It's, it's my parents' fault. Everything's my parents' fault. Oh, if they would have done this, I would have been better at this. Just stop it. You're being childish. You're being silly. You're not taking personal responsibility for yourself. You're being a fucking idiot. So fucking tired of hearing this shit. And then he's had all kinds of weird opinions like, you know, basically, look, whatever you think of Hillary Clinton, I don't like Hillary Clinton. But he made it out like she was like top-notch, you know, head of the Klan, white supremacist. And, you know, that's not fucking true at all. She's just a lady who wants to be president, all right? Now, I don't want her to be president. I think she'd be bad for the country because she's a corporate Democrat, status quo politician. I wouldn't want her in there at all. But she's not a neo-Nazi. That's fucking stupid, and Colin Kaepernick's an idiot. Well, anyway, back to Chris Rock. Uh, The stand-up special is not laugh out funny i think it's called uh selective outrage and he goes on rants and it's actually quite an entertaining uh stand-up special but to me it didn't feel you know like it didn't feel sharp it didn't feel good it actually kind of felt like forced and the timing wasn't good and it didn't feel like you know like, you'd expect him, he's been doing this for like 50 years, you'd expect him to be like the sharpest, best, but he wasn't. He's just up there like ranting. So it is entertaining. There is a lot to take in and digest and talk about. But all at the same time, I wouldn't say it's like his best work. <laughs> but of course, I've never thought he was that talented a, um, a stand-up. I really, I've never thought he was that talented a stand-up. 
He's got a funny voice. He's been in a lot of brilliant movies. He's been a great actor. But I just, I've never been a big fan of his stand up. I'm sorry. I'm just adding. I know a lot of that's controversial. And he throws a lot of shit at stand ups a lot. So he should be able to take it when I say, don't think he's the best. I think there's way better. Like, as far as, like, if we're going to just say, like, um, greatest stand ups, you know, we could go on and on and on forever. He wouldn't even be on my top 100 list. I mean, seriously. Well, he might make it on the top 100. Maybe that's a claim that I can't make, but he definitely wouldn't make it on my top 10, wouldn't make it on my top 20. You know, maybe he'd make it into the top 50. <laughs> but it's entertaining. Watch it. Uh, Selective Outrage uh, by Chris Rock. Uh, I don't have Netflix. I watched it on a uh, pirate site. So um, I've got that going for me. <laughs> okay, so it's weird how I've managed to, I've been trying to do this podcast where I don't pause. I just go straight through. So a lot of this is going to seem kind of like off kilter and weird and uh, not very well produced because it's not, it's not well produced. It never will be well produced. We're never going to have a theme of the show. I'm never going to sit and, you know, uh, we're just going to talk about whatever's on my mind at the time when I sit down to talk about it. So, uh, South Park this season has been really, really good. And uh, speaking of which, I, I know I'm a little ADHD, so you're just going to have to deal with it. I jump from thing to thing. Um, I did not know that Matt Stone, one of the creators of South Park, is worth $800 million, and Trey Parker's worth $700 million. I did not know how much... <laughs> how much they were balling. So they're basically almost near billionaires, probably will be billionaires in a couple of years. Um, well, anyway, they uh, supposedly uh, Meghan Markle and Harry were going to sue South Park over this new episode, which was uh, titled uh, something like the Royal Privacy Tour or something like that, which was um, a really funny episode where Meghan Markle and Harry – uh, they go around, you know, trying to sell this privacy tour because they they so want their privacy. That's why they're always on television shows, writing books, touring the world, constantly uh, suing people and getting into trouble. And you know, um, Harry's running around with like a blue dick. I I I look at my blue dick. Look at my blue dick. You know, just running around. I mean, it is a really funny episode where they're trying to sell people on their privacy tour. They're actually holding signs. We want our privacy. We want our privacy. And uh, it was uh, a really funny episode. And um, I think everybody should watch it, especially because they're threatening to sue South Park over. um, I don't know how, like, what are you even suing over? It's a comedy show. It's constitutionally protected. Maybe because Harry's from overseas, he doesn't understand that. But, And I think Meghan Markle's, I don't think she's American. I think she's Canadian. So she might not even understand uh, the laws in this country. I don't know, but I don't know how the fuck they were going to say. This lady has literally spent her whole life, you know, child actor, just con- model, everything under the sun, Everything she's ever done is in the public spotlight. And then she goes and marries a royal 
And then he's like, oh, my God, my promise. People, people need to give me my promise. And she'll be like in an interview on national television. Promise. It's like, well, it doesn't look like you want privacy because you're like someone who wants privacy goes and moves to like, you know, Alaska. Buys a house in rural Alaska and just kind of gets out of the picture because nobody ever thinks about Alaska, right? But this is not what the, these people move to Montecito. They buy mansions. They go on TV all the time. And it's like, fuck you people. Y'all are fucking so full of shit. I mean, I just, I can't stand how full of fucking dog shit these people are. They're full of fucking dog shit. And everybody who's ever like met Meghan Markle hates Meghan Markle. Her, her own family hates her. This is the reason, like, you know, people in London and, and England were already, like, very negative on her because they already knew she was full of shit. They are like, this person is completely full of shit and toxic. And then, like, over here, people are like, oh, you're being disrespectful because uh, they didn't know yet. But now it feels like things are finally coming around and people are realizing that she is a toxic, narcissist piece of shit. And Harry's just, um, I don't know, he's like kind of autismish, ADHD-ish, just out of it, doesn't really know any better. So, um, you know, I, I feel like that relationship's going to kind of end and probably a tra- one day she's going to be on TV talking about how horrible Harry is, you know, because she just has constantly got to be in the news. She's kind of like Trump. She's constantly got to be in the news talking shit and taking up all of our time. Uh, but one thing, you know, you got to believe people's records. You know, we all have history. And when every, like, every single person she comes in contact with hates her, you know something's fucking up. It can't just all be a fucking coincidence. <laughs> all right. So I don't know if I talked about this on another podcast. Uh, well, well, excuse me, before I move on, um, on that episode, they, they were going to sue South Park, and now they're denying that they ever considered it. And I'm like, that is just complete fucking garbage bullshit. And um, I just, it's so sad when you see people, it's like, you know how shitty they are, and they just try to deny and deny and deny how shitty they are. And, you know, they were trying to sue South Park whether they want to deny it or not. But um, I am having a big birthday this year. So we're going to move on from that. I am having a big birthday this year. And I heard about Winston Churchill, a man who lived till his 90s, whether you agree with his politics or not. Um, he lived till his 90s. And he had the fucking craziest goddamn routine. And for my birthday this year, I'm having a big birthday. I want to do this routine on my birthday. So he wakes up at 7.30. I'm just going to read the list of how he lives his day. 7.30, wake up, remain in bed, eat breakfast. And we'll, I need to look up and see what he had because he ate it like a really horrible unhealthy breakfast too so i'll try to find that later eat breakfast 
read the newspapers, work in bed, a glass of whiskey and a soda. So this is at 7.30 in the morning, glass of whiskey and a soda. 11 o'clock. He stays in bed working till 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, out of bed. Stroll around garden, supervising a state. Another whiskey and soda. 1 o'clock. Multi-course lunch. Imperial pint of champagne. Champagne, baby. Champagne. That's the way I say it, by God. Uh, Let's see here. 3.30, work from study, glass of cognac. <laughs> Five o'clock, hour and a half nap. Uh, hour and a half nap, siesta, a habit acquired during his time in Cuba. Oh, how nice. Uh, 6.30, wake up, bath, dress for dinner. <laughs> Lengthy, eight lengthy dinner with guests. Imperial pint of champagne. That's the way you say it, folks. You you heard it here first. You don't say champagne. You say champagne. Um, at uh, when is this? Uh, at midnight. Work and study. Keep drinking cognac. <laughs> One in the morning to three. Bedtime. <laughs> And so uh, I wish I could find, let's look up uh, Winston Churchill breakfast. Because it seems like I had heard, okay, so for his breakfast, he had sausage, bacon, eggs, toast, and perhaps some leftover steak from dinner the night before. I mean, just, oh, that's the way to fucking live. I'm going to eat, I'm going to start living like Winston fucking Churchill, and it seems like I've heard different stories about this, um, the way his routine actually works, uh, yeah, okay, so I, I was trying to find it on here, but I couldn't, but I swear to God, I'm going to rent me like a room in like a luxury hotel, and I'm just going to do that one day, I'm just going to sit in there fucking drinking and uh, debauching myself as much as humanly possible. Um, okay, so um, I didn't last week, speaking of uh, England, Tommy Fury from England, uh, fought, um, was it Jake Paul? Or, there's two Pauls and I get them confused. Well, anyway, he fought one of the Pauls. And finally, this motherfucker lost. I think all these fights are rigged. And um, Tommy Fury uh, is a beautiful, beautiful human being. I mean, just you wouldn't believe he was like a Fury because he's like too handsome and ripped and good looking to be a Fury. Um, and he finally beat Jake Paul or whatever the other Paul is. And uh, I'm glad for it because I'm fucking tired of the Pauls. I'm tired of... Um, of uh, all these motherfuckers. So give me your opinion. You know, uh, this is uh, Biscuits Buttered with Victoria Vandenberg. Do you think these fights are rigged? Do you think Paul's worth a shit? Do you think he's he's got to be juiced up, right, to be uh, going to a decision with um, uh, Tommy Fury? Uh, so hit us up on, uh, you know, Biscuit Butt Pod on Twitter, Biscuits Buttered on Facebook. Hit us up uh, on the social media. You can... 
uh, email us, uh, biscuitsbuttered at uh, proton.me. This episode is sponsored by Niagara Water. Do you love the freshness of Niagara Falls? All the piss, all of the shit, everything that's been put into the Great Lakes flows through Niagara. You have all the tourists pissing in the water. You have people jumping to their deaths. And you can get all of that, all of those minerals, all of those good things in your drinking water by drinking Niagara water, which you can get at Walmart on sale today. You can get a 50-pack for $1. Uh, It does have calories. It's probably the only water you can get with calories because of some of the the waste material from Niagara Falls. Uh, I hope y'all have a good week, and I will definitely be, uh, you'll definitely be hearing from me next week. Uh, I do have a small trip planned. Um... I'm going up to Bowling Green, uh, Kentucky to see Ryle Duke. Uh, I am going to plan something special with him that week. I'll probably take him, since it's Kentucky, I will probably take him to a cave. Or I will probably take him to see a horse. Or maybe even the zoo. I don't know. It's Kentucky. There's there's only certain things you can do. But uh, I hope you all have a good week. I hope, uh, my, my one piece of advice, my one positive thing to leave you with this week is don't look at the world in a black and white way. Don't look at things in a very simplistic way, in a very tribal way. Uh, actually look at the nuance. Actually listen to what people are... No matter, no matter who it is. Whether it's, whether it's fucking Alex Jones, whether it's some fucking like Matt Walsh or just some fucking idiot uh, online, whether it's Jordan Peterson, uh, whether it's uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, whether it's Matt Taibbi, uh, which we could have got into that on here, but we didn't. Uh, at least listen to people and try to consider what they're saying and draw your own conclusions. Don't 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 just go to one source and listen to one source because I see so many smart people. They're like, "This is the way it is," and it's like, "No, there's a lot more to it than that. It's not as clear cut as you're saying it is." And that's what I want to leave you with this week. Do not. Do not, and this is for the, remember, I, I used, for a little while, I was taken over for Jordan Peterson to control the incel army, all right? And this is for the incels, too. You need to actually listen to both sides, and there's more than one side. There's like a hundred opinions on one subject. Listen to all sides and actually make up your own fucking mind. Have a good week.